0: Good morning.
1: How's everybody doing? Well, if you did not know, this past week was VBS week. Um, We'll say more about VBS here in a few minutes, but we're going to start the service um, by letting you see a couple songs that our kiddos learned this week. But before we do that, um, you guys know um, some of our dear, sweet friends, members of this church, the Potters, Tim and Janie. Uh, Janie's going through a lot right now um, in what they're about with cancer, and they're at Northside for an extended period of time. Um, Well, they're watching this morning, and you all know how much the Potters love VBS. So, kiddos, here's what I want to do. I want to give a shout-out to Tim and Janie. So I'm going to move out of the way, and you just wave up at the camera. You can blow them kisses. Just let them know. Say, Tim and Janie, we love you. We miss you, and your church family is praying for you. Tim, I'm a big kid. Tim is a bigger kid than I am. And so I miss getting to see him decked out for all the VBS stuff. So, all right, we're going to turn it over to the kiddos. We're going to do a couple songs for you. God. Parents, if you have a kiddo up here, if you'll stand. Youngins, you may go find your family. We'll give you a second to walk down, and then we're all going to have a time of greeting and welcoming one another. So in just a minute or two, we're going to sing a couple praise songs together, um, and then I'm going to get up and talk a little bit about the week, and then we got a video uh, that we're going to show and all that good stuff. So... um, Just giving our kids a moment to get where they need to be. All right, well, good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. We're so glad that you are here. If you'll stand, take a moment, welcome
2: those around you. well good morning
3: let's sing together how great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain I could not climb in desperation my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom Oh
2: MY LIVING HOPE
3: THEN CAME THE MORNING THAT SEALED THE PROMISE YOUR BURIED BODY BEGAN TO BREATHE OUT OF THE SILENCE THE ROARING LION DECLARED THE GRAVE is the big-
2: The on me. Heart and
3: leave me in your love to those around
2: me.
1: Amen, amen, you may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Northside. We're so thankful that you are here to worship with us today. If this is your first time, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, We are delighted uh, to have you. If this is your first time, we would love for you to let us know that. Um, You can do that by scanning the QR code in the bulletin, or we have a connection card out there um, that you can fill out. So um, today's the Sunday after VBS, and so we want to spend some time focusing on that. So I'm just giving you a heads up now. The service is going to be longer than normal, just so you can prepare I'm going to try to, the sermon will be a little shorter than normal, but it's going to be a longer service. So just, to, just so you know, your belly's going to have to wait a little bit longer to eat. Um, and that's good, because at the end of the message, your thought's going to be, man, I could stay here for hours in worship, because Jesus is more precious and valuable than anything or anyone. So, um, so you'll be good by the end. But we want to take a moment and, and talk about VBS. So we had an incredible week. Um, what you saw up here was just a portion of the kiddos. We averaged in the mid-80s. As far as kids um, go, one thing that we did is we, we had a missions focus and the goal was to raise $800, which would have pur- purchased 10, 10 audio Bibles um, that, that we're going to take and, and give right to the mosque, um, missionaries, our missionaries in, with IMB down in Ecuador. Um, but instead of $800, we raised over 1600 right? 1653 or, or something and so we doubled that so so that was awesome so so praise the lord um for that so was an incredible week our theme right was was spark we talked about how god is creator god is designer uh jesus is king jesus is redeemer and then the holy spirit is our helper and so that's what we focused on in essence we focused on the gospel all week long we had um an incredible time but I just want to give a word of thanks. Um, we had over 70 volunteers between adults and students. And I want you to think about that. But before I kind of just break that down for you, if you help with VBS, because I can't read every name because there's a lot of names, but if you helped with VBS at all this week, will you just please stand? Go ahead. Where's my army of volunteers? Look at that. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. There is a church in my hometown that they are struggling to find volunteers for VBS. They're 30, they were 30 short a couple of weeks ago. Just desperate need. We do not have that problem here in Northside. So thank you for your willingness to stand up, to step in, to love on these kids. It's a long week. You're tired. I know that. And, and you did it. And so thank you for that. Um, and I believe lives were changed. Uh, maybe we didn't see the fruit of that necessarily this week, but I believe lives were changed um, as you all loved on those kiddos. But there are two uh, individuals that we uh, do want to recognize that organize this and, and make all this happen. So um, that is our VBS director, Miss Rachel. So, if Rachel, you will come up here. The brains behind all of this. And then Miss Ryan, AKA Ryan. as well um and so that's something that was was given to me some people put together uh for you all so thank you very much for serving uh we love you all and and very um thankful for that um there is a certain individual that stole the show this week at vbs i won't tell you who that is you'll figure that out really quickly um in just a moment so every year for years um The Lucases, Brian and and then now Emma has been doing this the last couple years, put together a video recap of VBS. And we were going to show this at the end of the service, but then it dawned on me our kids will be in Children's Church. uh, And they like to see themselves on the screen. So we're going to show this now. So the video is 12 or 13 minutes long, but it's an awesome recap of what the week looked like. You'll hear some songs. And then at the end, you're going to see who uh, stole the show. Emma did an incredible job. Unfortunately, this morning, we are down a projector. Friday night, we were down this projector. Now this one's working and that one's not. So if you're on this side and you can't see, you do have a, the screen in the back if you just want to kind of turn your head. And, um, you can see that. All right, so if you all play the video. Give it up for Ted Craft, everybody, and for Miss Emma for doing an incredible job with the video. All right, let's go to the Lord in in prayer. Father, it has been God an amazing week. Lord, we thank you for keeping us safe. God, we thank you for the gorgeous weather. And it was warm at times, but Lord, it did not rain at all. Father, during those times that we were on this campus for VBS, we were able to be outside and. Thank you for that. We thank you God for every volunteer who helped whether it was from Bible story to music, to crafts, to recreation, to providing snacks, to helping kids get from point A to point B, to being a floater, um making sure the bathrooms were clean, lord there were just so many different jobs that people did this week. Um every one of them matters, everyone was important, and we're thankful for them. God, we're thankful for these boys and girls that came, Uh, many parents, uh, Lord, who entrusted their kids with us for those nights. Some of those families, God, maybe you're not involved in a church. And we pray that um, through the the seeds that were planted, Lord, that uh, that you would work through that. Um, Number one, that they would come to know Jesus Christ. But number two, that they would plug into a local church, and God, that you might bring them to Northside. Father, this past week was all because of your amazing grace. So, Lord, as we kind of shift back in now, God, to a time of worship through song, um, Lord, we're going to sing about your grace, your grace that is greater than our sin, the amazing grace, God, that you have showed us. And then we're going to hear from the choir the question, is he worthy? And the answer to that is you are worthy, Jesus. You alone are worthy. God, it's why we do what we do. That's why these individuals came up here after long days at work and exhausted themselves till 8.30, 9 o'clock. Because we believe Jesus is worthy and that Jesus, you offer salvation. And whether we believe or reject you, eternal life is at stake. And so, Father, if there's anybody here this morning who does not know you, I pray through the songs that they just heard, the simplicity of the gospel in those songs, through the message that will be preached, the songs that were sung. God, that you would cause us to look, look, look to Jesus. And there we will find salvation and grace. We give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.
4: a crimson time. It's isn't it? See
1: you choir and brian all right at this time our children are going to make their way out for children's church those of us remaining in here if you'll turn to matthew chapter 13 matthew chapter 13 there are seven parables that jesus tells in matthew 13 we are not going to look at all seven of them we're actually going to look at two of them Two of the shortest ones, if not the shortest ones, in Matthew 13. So, usually by now in the service, I'm two thirds of the way done preaching. About to wrap it up, hit the home stretch, and just getting started this morning. But as the choir just sang, and as we will see as we work our way through these parables, Jesus is worthy of everything. And that certainly means an extra 20 minutes of our time this morning, right? So Matthew 13, let's start by reading the parables and then we're just going to jump right in. So if you will please stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Verses 44, 45, and 46. This is the word of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. You may be seated. Both of these parables start the same way. The kingdom of heaven. These parables are about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, all seven parables in Matthew 13 are dealing with the kingdom of heaven. So to simplify, when we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, what we're really talking about is the rule and reign of God. So the rule and reign of God. So we can talk about God's rule in the heavens and on the earth, that God rules and reigns over everything, past, present, future, he is sovereign. But then we can be more specific to talk about the rule and reign of Christ in the hearts of his people. So though it may not look like it, Christ is ruling over all the world, but he also rules and reigns within the hearts of his people. And so these parables are talking about that rule, that reign, what the kingdom of God, the reign of God looks like. So three points, not a lot of notes this morning, Three truths that I want to draw out of this. Number one is this. The kingdom is hidden to some. The kingdom is hidden to some. Look at the first parable. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Now you have to understand, in Jesus' time, there were no banks for the common folk. You couldn't take your money, your possessions, and put them in a bank. So what they would often do is they would bury them. Buried treasure to try to protect it and keep it safe. And so um, they'd often bury their treasure, their family heirloom. So this is not uncommon. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found. The language there is that the man found this unexpectedly. He was not in this field specifically looking for this treasure. Like he didn't have a map with X marks to spot. He was in the field probably doing something else, working the field, the soil, and he comes across this treasure. He stumbles upon it, then he covers it back up. And then it says, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. The treasure that he found, as he thinks about it, is worth everything that he owns he's willing to sell everything to find this treasure um notice this man he doesn't when he finds the treasure he doesn't steal it he doesn't take half of it to then go buy the field and come back and get the other half and when the man who sells it obviously this treasure didn't belong to that man who sold the field because if it did he probably would have taken the treasure before he sold it and so some people think well is there something unethical going on here no and that's not the point this man stumbles upon the treasure right and i want you to notice what it says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field this treasure wasn't sitting out for everyone to come across it was hidden now let's take a step back and think about what's taking place in matthew 13. i told you there's seven parables All of them dealing with the kingdom. The first parable that Jesus tells is about the sower, right? He tells the parable and then he explains it. And in verse 18, he says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the what? The word of the kingdom and does not understand it, right? And then he begins to go on to talk about how the sower throws the seed and it lands in four different places. And of the four, only one, right, does it bear fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The other three, ultimately, that seed is rejected. And so as the disciples are trying to think about the kingdom, right? Jesus is talking about this kingdom, this rule, this reign. They understand, right, if you're going to be a king, you have to have the right to be the king, and then you have to have a people that you lead. So as they're thinking about this kingdom that's going to be ushered in right off the bat, what is Jesus telling them? This kingdom is going to be rejected by many not all will bow to me as king many will reject me and then he ends up telling one of the last parables he tells is of a treasure hidden in a field it's hidden meaning not everyone sees it and so when we think about the gospel when we think about the good news of salvation this treasure you and i need to understand that not all will believe not all will rejoice Not all will know the good news of the Savior of Jesus Christ. In fact, many will reject it. The Bible tells us the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The gospel is hidden. They can't see it because they're blind. And there was a moment in your life when you couldn't see the good news either. You were blind, and it was hidden from you. And just like this man, you stumble across it. The Spirit of God opens your eyes and your mind to see the treasure in the gospel. Now, what happens in the parable when the hidden treasure is uncovered? What does it say? Then in his joy... In his joy, he goes and sells everything that he has so he can come by this field and have this treasure. Brothers and sisters, once you see the treasure, once your eyes are open to see the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are forever changed. Amen? Forever changed. Filled with joy, hope, you are forever changed. But you and I need to understand, not all will believe the gospel is hidden some are still blind and they cannot see second truth I want you to notice is this the kingdom is to be valued above all else he goes on to tell another parable again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant a merchant was one who was engaged in commerce and trade he was a day trader he was doing his business and what was his business he was in search of fine pearls The most highly valued gems of the day. He was in search of the pearl, the greatest pearl. And it says, who on finding one pearl, not two, not three, not four, just one. On finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. The merchant finds the most perfect, most beautiful, most valuable pearl. But it will cost him everything to purchase that pearl. second point that I want you to notice this morning is that the kingdom of heaven is to be valued above all else. Now the kingdom, in the, or the emphasis in the two parables here, is the supreme value of the treasure and the pearl. The emphasis is not the fact that he went and bought it. This is not teaching you can be saved by words or you can purchase the salvation. The emphasis is on the value of the treasure and the pearl. The supreme value of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers. That is more valuable than anything this world has to offer. Jesus and his salvation. So let me first talk about salvation. Because I can't assume everyone in this room has experienced salvation. The saving grace of Jesus Christ. The salvation that Jesus offers, you and I need to understand, is not Jesus plus something. Jesus plus something equals nothing. The the, the gospel is simply Jesus. Jesus alone. And so this parable is not teaching that we can buy salvation. Salvation is the free gift of God. Salvation is a... Gift, not something we earn, not something we purchase. C.H. Spurgeon says, No man can be saved by the righteousness of Christ while he puts any trust in his own. It is not Christ's righteousness plus my righteousness. It is in Christ alone. Trusting in Christ for salvation involves a decision to renounce or to trust in anything else. When you come to Christ, you are renouncing your trust in your good works or the religion that you were taught growing up. You are rejecting your your hope in relationships or in your education or in your religion. You are coming with nothing and you are falling before Jesus and you are saying, Jesus, it is you alone that can save me. You are the pearl of great value and you are more valuable than anything or anyone. Hear me, salvation is free. It costs you nothing. And yet, when we begin to think about discipleship, go and make disciples. A disciple is one who has put their faith in Jesus, a learner of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. So this parable is not teaching that you can purchase your salvation. That's a gift by grace. But what does it say? When he found one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had. Hear me. Salvation by God's grace alone is absolutely free. And yet, it will cost the disciple everything. Everything. It costs you nothing to be saved. That's a free gift. But once you give your life to Jesus, and you say, Jesus, save me, and you are king, it now costs You, everything. George Eldon Ladd in his book, The Gospel of the Kingdom, says this. Our Lord says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure whose value transcends every other possession. It is like a pearl whose acquisition merits the loss of all other goods. Yet even though the kingdom is a gracious gift, it is also costly. It may cost one his earthly possessions or his friends or the affections of his family or even his very life but cost what it may the kingdom of god is like a treasure or a costly pearl whose possession merits any cost brothers and sisters is he worthy of everything he absolutely is and he is superior to all things he is superior above all things. Now, brothers and sisters, people in other countries for generation after generation have lived this every day. Or it cost them their family to follow Jesus. Or it cost them their very life and their freedom to stand for Jesus. Here in America, we've been blessed. You can follow Christ. I've been able to follow Christ most of my life, and it hasn't cost me much. But a day may be rapidly approaching. Where you and I will begin to understand Jesus' words. They hated me first, they'll hate you. They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And in that moment, are you willing to say, Jesus, you are worth everything. And I'm willing to lose all of this for you. Parents, hear me. Go in all now with your kids. But go in all now with your kids. Understand they belong to God. They're not yours. But they ultimately belong to God. and he is worth laying down their very lives for. Pray for them every day. May God you work in their life. You save them. And when they're older, when they become an adult, you send them wherever you want them. And when they become an adult and they say, hey, God's leading me to the mission field or God's leading me here or this is what God's laying in my heart, rejoice with them. Don't say, but, but but I had a different plan. No, you give them to Jesus. And when they grow up and they follow Jesus, as hard as it may be to say goodbye, you let them go. You let them know now Jesus is worth your very life. And he changes everything. Number three, last point. There is only one way to God, which is through Jesus. But how we come to Christ looks different for each person. There's only one way to God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is not multiple roads to God. There's one. His name is Jesus. But how we come to Christ looks different for each person. Different paths, different experiences, different circumstances. Think about these two parables. There's a difference here. The first man, the kingdom of heaven, is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found. This man was not looking for the treasure. There's no indication in this parable that he set out looking for the treasure. He was out doing other work and he stumbles across this hidden treasure and the kingdom is like that. There are many, many of you in this room, when Jesus saved you, you were not looking for him. He was the furthest thing from your mind. We think of the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul's on the road to Damascus, was he looking to follow Christ? Shake your heads this way. He was looking to persecute believers. He was against Jesus. He wasn't looking for him. But guess who showed up? Jesus. And he saved him. And that is your story, some of you. That is your testimony. This week I was reminded of the testimony of C.H. Spurgeon. Spurgeon, at the age of 15, on a New Year's morning, decided he ought. He didn't want to. He decided he ought to attend church. He felt he probably should go. But on the way to church, the snow and the cold wind became too fierce for him. So he ducked into a little storefront type church, mainly to get out of the cold. There was just a handful of people in there. And this is what Spurgeon writes about that day. When I could go no further, I turned down a court, came to a little primitive Methodist church. The preacher who was to have conducted the service never got there because he was held up by the weather. Quickly, one of the officers had to be brought forward to conduct the service with a congregation of perhaps 15 people. Spurgeon writes this, his own words. The man was really stupid. Thank God, can you stupid people. It's not the messenger, it's the message. And Spurgeon said the man was really stupid. His text was, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. And he just kept repeating it because he had nothing else to say. But something about Spurgeon caught the man's eye, and he said, young man, you look very miserable. And miserable in life and miserable in death you will be if you don't obey my text. He then shouted out, young man, look to Jesus. Look, look, look to Jesus. And Spurgeon says, I looked. And there the cloud was gone, and the darkness rolled away, and that moment I saw the sun. That's how Spurgeon was saved. He wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for him. But then in the second parable, it's different. In the second parable, there's a merchant in search of the fine pearls. There was a merchant looking for something. Now, I don't believe any of us are really looking for Jesus because we're dead in our sins and no one seeks after Jesus. But I do believe that there are people who are genuinely looking for something. They're genuinely looking for something. They were on a quest for some truth, something that made sense. And on that journey, though they didn't know it was Jesus they were looking for, Jesus meets them. There's a great example of this in the New Testament. It's the Ethiopian eunuch. It says that he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He went to Jerusalem specifically to worship. He was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. He's searching, he's looking for something, but it's cloudy, it's foggy, it doesn't make perfect sense until God sends right Philip over who explains what he's reading in Isaiah and the Ethiopian eunuch is saved and then baptized. So what's the point? The point is there is only one way to God through Jesus. But how you came to Christ looks differently for every single one of us. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. And I'm going to land a plane right here. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you were saved at an early age. Maybe you were saved in your 30s, your 40s, maybe even your 70s. Maybe you were on a quest for truth. And in that search, Jesus met you and saved you. Maybe you were on a quest to destroy or disprove Christianity. And in that endeavor, Jesus Christ met you and he saved you. Maybe you were saved at a week of vacation Bible school. Or maybe God rescued you and delivered you while you were engulfed in sin and immorality. There's plenty of examples of that in the New Testament. Maybe you showed up this morning out of obligation. Maybe you showed up to see your kids sing. Maybe you showed up because a friend invited you. Maybe you're here because you're trying to earn salvation with your mere presence or maybe you're here because you're at the end of your rope and you are desperately looking for hope and purpose wherever you have been whatever brought you here in the words of that stupid man look to jesus look 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 and when you look you will see the son of god you will see Savior and Lord, in His name is Jesus, and your life will never be the same, for Jesus is more valuable than all else. And church, hear me, He is worth losing everything. He is worth laying down our lives for. You will find no one more lovely and beautiful and worthy than Jesus. Give your life to Him. Recommit your life to Him. Make him Lord and Savior. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father, it's been an amazing day of, of worship. A little bit different than normal, but still just a great time to celebrate you and, and the work that you have done this past week. Now, Father, I believe that even in this shortened message, God, you can save this morning. It is not the messenger. It is the message. It is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are wretched sinners. God, you created us in your image. You loved us, but, but we rebelled against you. We walked away from you. We are wretched. We are broken. Every part of our life, every part of the world has been impacted by our sin. But there is hope. There is hope. And that hope is Jesus. Jesus, it is not you plus something else. It is you and you alone. And until we can come to the place in our lives where we say, Jesus, it is you. I need you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Cause me to be born again. Make me right with you, oh God. And it's only through Jesus until we do that, we will never be saved. There will never be a lasting transformation. There is no hope of eternal life. But this morning, the free gift has been offered. God, all they have to do is come. With nothing in their hands, simply themselves. They don't have to clean themselves up first. They just come in their wretched state and they cry out to Jesus. They look to Jesus and you will save them. But oh God, remind us, because most of us in this room, we've made that decision. Will you remind us this morning that when we called out to your name, We did not have the option to make you Savior, but to refuse the kingdom and the king. To make you Savior means you will also be Lord. That we are part of the kingdom. And in this kingdom, Jesus, you reign. Not Aaron. Not anyone in this room. It is you only, Jesus. And in a world that is being ripped apart and torn apart, and in a world in which there is so much confusion, people need to see that Jesus means everything to us. Because we believe he is worthy and that he is everything. And that only he can give us hope and eternal life. So Father, speak to our hearts now as we sing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're just going to worship together one more time through song. You respond as we sing.
3: Come, thou fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Here's the mountain fixed upon it, mountain.
1: May be seated for just a couple minutes. There's a couple more things that we need to do before we uh, get some lunch. Uh, number one, I've been neglecting to do this now for weeks. I keep forgetting. And so, Miss Kim, our secretary, made me a note, so I would not um, forget. So, the Isaacs have been with us now for several months, but they have never actually officially joined the church yet because I keep forgetting. So, um, I'm just going to have them stand right where they are. So, Isaacs, if you'll stand. Right, you all know them by now. This is Gary and Ruth, and Lily and Katie and Zoe and Penny. And I did that without cheat, without cheating, though I did have notes. But um, and so obviously they've been with us several months now. But would you guys just officially welcome them here um, at Northside? Y'all can be seated. Um, And so just so thankful for them. Just so thankful. And will you just trust in the Lord? Man, he will work and he will move. I'm um, thankful for their willingness to submit to the call to ministry and then to follow the Lord here. And uh, things are going awesome, and praise the Lord. Um, and with that, Gary's in charge this week. So now that he's a member, he's, he's in charge. Um, Kim is gone. This is the first time she said since she's been here that she's actually taken an entire week. She usually takes like three days She's, she's gone all week long. Her and Mark are on vacation. Uh, Mark and I leave for Ecuador on Tuesday. So that's why I said Gary's in charge. So um, if you try to email Kim, it, you should get a response reminding you she's out of the office with Gary's email. If something comes up um, and you need something, my first suggestion is call your deacon. Let your deacon know, and then your deacon can reach out to Gary Um, to let him know. And so pray for him this week. He will be preaching next Sunday. Um, Mark and I fly to Ecuador on Tuesday and we come back late next Sunday night and we land sometime early Monday morning. So pray for Gary, pray that Kim and Mark have a great week on vacation and then pray for us as we are in um, Ecuador uh, serving the Lord. Uh, One other thing and that is Chris has a quick announcement about Upward because it is getting ready to, to pick up. And then when he's done, Dennis, our Deacon of the Week, will come and pray us out. So Re- Registration for Soccer has been open since July 1st. And as of yesterday, we had over 90 people already registered. So having a lot of people is a blessing, but it also requires a lot of volunteers to pull it off effectively. So that's going to stay go- open until um, August 6th. Next Sunday evening, 5 p.m., before we have the Ice Cream Social, we're going to have an informational meeting About uh, soccer, what the season's gonna look like. Last year in soccer, we had to turn like 25 people away just because we maxed out. So I'd like to not have to turn anybody away this year. So if you can volunteer as a coach, assistant coach, ref, or in some other capacity, please, please show up for that and we'll appreciate it much. Thank you. Thank you. Also, just a reminder right after the service in the fellowship hall, it's our last day for directory photos. So if you have not had your photo taken, please stick around. There's a form for you to fill out. Get your picture taken. It shouldn't take long. We don't want anybody to be excluded. Also, Rockridge, you will get more information next week. I'm trying to finalize a couple things, but there is a sign up sheet. So please sign up and there's a place for you to check mark what you're going to bring. You need to bring drinks for your family. Plus, I think there's one side um, for you to bring. But it's been a great day in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 And if you believe Jesus is worthy of it all, would you just give him praise right now before we leave? Dennis, if you want to come, brother. If you'll stand, Dennis will pray us out. I picked up the other one. I don't know why, Steve, but.
0: Let's pray. Lord, you alone are worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship and all of our devotion. So, Lord, we thank you for the gift that you've given us in that treasure for all of us that know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, help us to not keep that treasure to ourselves, but be willing to share that with others. Lord, we thank you for the week of VBS and the many children that were exposed to uh, the gospel message. Lord, I pray that, uh, that those seeds would be watered, that they would come to fruit. So, Lord, I thank you for that as well. Lord, I do pray for our pastor and Mark as they go to Ecuador. Lord, I pray that you give them safety as they're traveling. Lord, I pray that Uh, their time would be well spent there, that we'd be an encouragement to the mosque uh, there, and uh, we'd see the gospel message uh, proclaimed as well. So, Lord, we thank you for all these things, for it is in Jesus' name that we pray.